It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, David Eby finally uh, pops up on the campaign trail here. He's been very low profile here, seeking the NDP leadership, but... Man, oh man, you sure had a big announcement yesterday. This housing plan is huge. There's a ton of stuff in here. A lot of stuff, very detailed, very ambitious, very aggressive. Uh, You know, a tax on flipping, able to build three houses on your lot, Uh, uh, secondary suites. Uh, Really? uh, Secondary suites would be legal legal everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, And uh, it's pretty comprehensive and pretty. Pretty bold, and I think imagine if, if notice the Union of BC Municipalities retweeted his plan, saying they really support it, think it's far-reaching. But mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some pushback from some council somewhere who are going to say, "Ah, this doesn't work for us." So, but it's uh, it's the most ambitious uh, and far-reaching housing plan I've ever seen. Okay, EB will be on the show here at the bottom of the hour, so we'll get into more details with him. But let's play a couple of clips from his news conference yesterday. So here is EB talking about the the anti-flipping tax that he's proposed and how it could help families. Have a listen. Families shouldn't be competing with investors for a place to live. And so this tax will be aimed at very specifically taking the profit out of that transaction for short-term flippers, making sure that uh, families who are bidding for housing and individuals are trying to get a place to live, trying to get into that property market, are not competing with uh, short-term profiteers. So the way it would work is if you buy a property and you turn around and sell it, resell it within two years, you would be hit with this tax. Now, there are some exemptions that he mm-hmm. outlined yesterday, including uh, death, losing your job, divorce or becoming disabled well but i don't know i i can think of other circumstances where someone might want to sell their house and that doesn't make them a flipper but flipping has been part of the the bc real estate scene for years Uh, i mean this goes back i remember doing stories when i was with the Vancouver son on flippers at back in the 1980s this is not a new thing and this but this is the first measure to crack down on something that's been a real feature of the real estate market for decades. Yeah, okay. He also uh, outlines how he is going to work with municipalities, or maybe it sounds more like force municipalities mm-hmm. to build more housing. So how would this work? Like he's he's talked about some sort of penalties there. If you don't build enough, uh, yeah. you don't approve enough new housing starts? Yeah, so he's uh, it's incentives. It's sort of a carrot and stick thing that he's yeah. got going here. There's incentives to do more, and there's penalties uh, if you don't do enough. So... And again, there's also, I think, a difference in his plan between urban and rural uh, municipalities, which where housing um, rules or concerns are different substantially, say, from Creston, B.C. versus Burnaby. It's not the same housing market. I've always said there's never one housing market in Canada. There's not one housing market in B.C. There's not even one housing market in Metro Vancouver. There's multi-different housing markets. And so I think the... The, the devil's in the details of how this is going to work, but I think it's um, it's pretty far-reaching. It sort of sets up, though, as a showdown between EB and some of these municipal some. councils. Yep. Well, for example, he took he took straight aim in Oak Bay. Yes. Uh, oh, Amanda has arrived with her daily cheese scone. That's Thank great. you, Amanda. Um, 
So where you live in Oak Bay, actually there was a development, proposed development near where you live, remember, on I think it was on Oak Bay Avenue. Yeah. But, uh, council dragged its heels forever and finally said, no, we're not going to build 14 yes. units of housing here. And Evie took straight aim at that, was quite critical of that particular council for not doing enough to build housing. So I think this housing plan does set up potential clashes between him and some councils. But the Union of BC Municipalities, which represents all the councils, is praising this. Well, let's listen to this exchange here, David Eby, with a reporter at his news conference yesterday. Have a listen to this. Are you saying that you are willing to go toe-to-toe with mayors uh, to push some of these things through? My commitment to them uh, is to work with them to fix this. Uh, And my commitment to British Columbians is we are going to work quickly. Okay. Well, we'll (laughs) see. We'll see how quickly this this will work. It's interesting. So Eby... is the odds-on favorite to be the next premier to win the leadership of the NDP. Uh, Anjali Apadurai's candidacy has not yet been approved, and she's only got till Tuesday uh, to get uh, oh. to get approved here. So the clock's ticking. If she does not get approved, there's a good chance Evie could be premier as early as uh, mid-October. Uh, this does not have to wait till December. And then we'll see how fast this implementation would occur with him as premier in terms of this housing uh, strategy. I'm not sure if there's any legislation that's required for this, but the House is in session starting Monday, so the window is open for him. There's a lot of intervention, government intervention in uh, the market that's outlined in this plan, one of which is if an apartment building goes up for sale, uh, the government would have the option to buy that apartment building with, with the nonprofit here in order to preserve rental stock, and there's already a pushback on that, is that going too far? So here is David Eby uh, on that yesterday, uh, talking about how this could protect renters. Have a listen, I'll get your thoughts. You know that fear of looking out your window and seeing a for sale sign on the lawn of your rental building and having that fear that your building is going to be sold, that the rents might go up, that it might be redeveloped, that the home that you've lived in for years, maybe decades, will no longer be your home. The government could support nonprofit organizations in buying those buildings. Okay. Yeah, so yesterday's announcement wasn't just about home ownership. There's a huge rental aspect to this as yeah. well. In fact, I think that's probably more a priority right now for the NDP government is ensuring there's affordable rents for people. More people rent than own. Uh, and I think that's a... a including a, including taking on strata councils that have no rental bans. Yeah, yeah. So he's saying that that would not be allowed, that every condo uh, basically would be available as a potential renter, a renter. If, the owner, if the owner wants to rent it out, because there are some stratas now that have bylaws that you can't rent your property out. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to curb the powers of strata councils. Yeah, and no they're question. not happy about it. Nope. I mean, isn't that not an infringement on, on someone's property rights? Well, if, if if someone wants to, well, it, when you're in a strata situation, so do you do you answer to your own unit or to the whole strata yeah. development? You know, are you responsible for your neighbor's unit in terms of having to say what they can do with that unit in terms of renting or not? And this okay. would be an, this would be a, a, a new power for government. Okay, get set to call me on all of those, and we'll take a break here in a moment. Let me just finish up here before the break, and I know you're a big baseball fan. So there was a big moment in baseball history yesterday. Aaron Judge, the uh, the Bronx bomber there for the New York Yankees, he hits home run number 61, tying him with Roger Maris. It's the uh, American League record. He tied the American League record. So here, here's how that sounded yesterday. And the 3-2. Joel deep to left field. This could be it. See ya. He's done it. Number 61. 
He's been chasing history, and now he makes it. He and Roger Maris are tied with 61 home runs, the most anybody has ever hit in a single season in American League history. Okay, now Fergie Jenkins, arguably the greatest Canadian baseball player, Hall of Famer, and I know you're a big great fan pitcher, of him. Chicago Cubs. Yeah, great pitcher. And so he tweets Chatham, yesterday. Chatham, Ontario. Right, Chatham, Ontario. And he tweets yesterday. I thought this was really interesting. He, he tweets, congratulations, Aaron Judge. Many people, including myself, consider your next home run to be the all-time single season record. Yep. Wow. And, and now what he's referring Barry to there. Bonds, okay. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa from the juiced era, the steroid era, as uh, a Hall of Famer saying those, those don't count. That's very interesting uh, argument. Like Barry Bonds hit 73. Mark McGuire hit 70 home runs. Sammy Sosa, 66. All juiced. All right, steroids. All steroids. Ba- Barry Bonds' arms at that point of his career were like tree trunks. I mean, he was super juiced on steroids, and he hit 73 home runs as a result. So this is an ongoing debate. Should there be an asterisk to their Ooh. records? It was very, um, for years, there was a controversy over Maris's record of 61 because Babe Ruth had the 60, and he was beloved, but he only played 154 games season. Right. Maris had a 161-game season. So the commissioner of the day, Ford Frick, uh, infamously attached an asterisk to Maris's record, saying, that, you know, sort of uh, devaluing it, saying, well, it was not the same as Babe Ruth's. Uh, and I think there's going to be the same view of uh, Bonds and Sosa and McGuire. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Let's go right to your phone calls here. John in Kelowna. Hi, John. Go ahead. Good morning. You know, my wife and I are just regular people. We invested years ago in a duplex up in Prince George, and we finally sold it so we can move to Kelowna from Vancouver. That being said, that was, profit was supposed to just bolster our retirement income. But when we went to sell that place. It was a rundown. The realtor said it wasn't showable. Fortunately, one of the renters was able to qualify for a mortgage. My point is, why is it that this provincial government of NDP is giving all the rights to the renters and nothing to the uh, landlords? Because without landlords, those folks won't have anything to rent if they can't qualify for their own. So I think there should be a bad renter's registry nationwide, just like a sex registry. That's my thought. <laughs> okay. okay. I don't know about a sex registry. Um, well, bad renters, you know, there's, um, you know, I've had, wife and I have had experience. We've rented a, a basement suite to students for, 20 years, and we rented students because the students are guaranteed to move on. Yeah, temporary. It's always temporary. Yeah. And we had one bad renter 
through our experience and yeah. it was a bit of a challenge uh, how to deal yeah. with that person. Yeah. So I can certainly sympathize with uh, landlords who are trying to make space available to people to rent and bad renters are bad for everyone. I've heard some horror stories from landlords who have talked about these nightmares they've gone through mm-hmm. trying to evict someone and they feel like the balance has tipped too far in favor of the rental side of it under this government. Well, I think it was. I think it was tipped under the Liberals as well. Yeah. Uh, it's been or tipped, the other way. It's been, well, no, it, it oh. was. It's tough. It was tough to evict someone under the Liberal government. Yeah, okay. it, it, it really hasn't changed much on that front. Yeah. These changes AB's proposing will tip it a little further in favor of renters, though. Yeah. Doug in Surrey. Hey, Doug. Hey, Mike and Keith. I um. I know it's going to sound biased, but I've been a Yankee fan for 62 years, and uh, it goes back to when I was a kid. And uh, as far as this new record uh, that potentially is going to be set within days, uh, I I completely agree that that one that uh, the judge hit last night that makes him the all-time leader. I've watched the spectrum of sport. We've watched how the shutout record of Terry Sajak got taken away by people with larger pads. The the net hasn't changed. It's mm-hmm. it's all it's all about somebody yeah. going make a bunch of money. Look at track. It was uh, they set records that were later disqualified because people were laced up on Stanislaw. It, it never yeah. it never ends. Okay, well, it's thank interesting you. you. You mentioned uh, hockey goalies. So if you take look at some archival footage of the '60s, for example, the 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 padding the goalies wore was minuscule compared to what it is today. Uh, but the net hasn't changed dimensions. And what's interesting about baseball, the dimensions in baseball haven't changed in, you know, for 150 years. It's still the same distance between the mound and home plate. The only thing is the mound has gotten sh- uh, shorter. Well, one thing we can know for sure is that Babe Ruth didn't take steroids, right? He hit 60 home runs <laughs> on, like, beer and hot dogs. Beer and that hot dogs. It. Yeah, a so, lot of hot dogs. Yeah. He missed a half a season with uh, appendicitis. So maybe we, maybe he should still be declared the home run king because there's no doubt well, Maris, he didn't do it. Maris did not take steroids well, either. Well, that's true. He, he just, it was accessible to uh, seven more games than Ruth was, but I don't think that makes a difference. Matt in Vancouver. Hi, Matt. Go ahead. I like Keith. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the home run record as well. And he kind of brought sure. up the whole Roger Maris thing. And, you know, when he broke the record back in 1961, they actually put an asterisk beside him because he yeah. did it in more games than Babe Ruth. Right. And I think he even passed away before they ever changed it. But, I mean, talk about Aaron Judge being the all-time home run record. I think it took him 155 games to get that 61. So, I mean, he still technically hasn't beat Babe Ruth's record in that 154-game span. As far as the steroid era, I I think he's got the record above those. Those should all be tainted. But, you know, baseball so particular with their records. It's it's kind of a tough area, you know, until they banish those steroid era guys from the – from the record books, it's a real tough sell for me. I, I, but I, don't, I don't know I think if the you, babe's still the one. Thanks a lot for the call. Well, I don't. I'm not sure they'll ever take the numbers down from the record book. I mean, but no. these guys won't go to the Hall of Fame. I mean, we know well, Barry Bonds not going the to the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame is is controlled by the writers, right? Yeah. The Baseball Writers Association of America, and the writers have made it clear these are the beat uh, reporters. That made it clear they're not voting for these guys, and if they haven't voted them. For them in the last 10 years. I don't think they're going to vote for them in the coming 10 years. Let's go to David on the line in Abbotsford. Hi, David. Hey, David, go ahead. 
Okay, we, we lost David. We got David, I got David Eby coming up here at the bottom of the hour. The Liberals, of course, pushing back on this plan saying, hey, this guy was housing minister for two mm-hmm. years. How come he didn't get this stuff yep. down when he was the minister? Yeah, it's very good questions. Uh, where was all this before? Uh, and, oh, I hope you press him also on just how he's doing in this leadership race. Is he worried that Anjali Apadurai is actually going to outvest him when it comes to signing up members and actually defeat him? The other thing that a lot of people are raising, just the minute we got left here, is that if you bring in a law that says you can turn a single family home into a triplex anywhere, basically mm-hmm. anywhere in BC, what? What does that do for like big footing local governments and things like are there enough services in, in neighborhoods, parking, parking, sewer services, other services that are that all are good questions? Because I think that's where there's going to be some pushback by some councils and some neighbors saying it's not appropriate to put yeah. three more homes on a relatively small lot, which creates three more parking spots, two more parking spots. And more uh, need for services, whether it's garbage pickup, whether it's sewage, whatever. It does put potentially a financial um, hit on municipalities, and that's where the dialogue is going to be going forward.